Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now, here's a question for my listeners. Since it's February, and February is the month of love, what do you think about love and aging? Can you imagine what it would be like to harness the power of love for seniors? Well, I'm a senior who's constantly trying to do that. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to know how declining health can impact a relationship? I can tell you about that, too. Now, would you like to learn what happens when you use the power of a hug? I love hugs. I sign all my emails with hugs, January Jones. Tell me. Have you ever heard of a fabulous book called The Elder Care Consultant, your guide to making the best choices possible? Now would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers we're looking for today? Now are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to be a better caregiver? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I'll be introducing you to one of my regular co-hosts. She's an author and a success coach extraordinaire and an elder care consultant. She has provided us with information, inspiration, and some really, really great advice about aging and love. I'm pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk for media and syndicated on six networks with over 5 million listeners to date. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. So now it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show today. Now let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. She learned the value of hard work and life while being raised on a remote cattle ranches in Arizona, Wyoming. During these early years, she developed a keen sense of service and nurturing toward other living creatures while caring for orphan calves, six kittens, and her colt, little George. She lives in Phoenix, Arizona now in a beautiful bungalow that is over 120 years old. She continues to provide elder care services and is currently working on a series of novels. This show is about love and aging. It's February, the month of love, and we will have a discussion about the benefits and sometimes the negatives of physical and emotional intimacy for the elderly and for caregivers as well. Welcome back to the show again, Becky Fiola. You're one of my favorite knowledgeable co-hosts. How are you doing, dear? I'm good. Hi, January. Happy belated Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, before we went on the air, we shared that we both had a lovely Valentine's uh, Day experience out here in Arizona, and I hope all of our listeners did too, especially those of you back east where it was snowing. So, Becky, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the show last month? Well, uh, not only running my business, but I, I was just telling you, I, I am now in the process of writing my first novel, so I'm mm-hmm. about uh three-fourths of the way through my first draft. So I'm busy okay. doing that, which is my passion and fun. Every time I get a moment, I love it. 
So. Okay. You know, I, as an author, I always love to kind of ask questions about the people's writing process. Uh, do you write every day? Do you write in the morning? How do you, how do you get this book written? Well, when I was doing the, the nonfiction book, The Elder Care Consultant, I really dedicated, you know, like an eight to five process for that. And I gave my, I have a four month uh-huh. time frame from the publisher. With this book being a piece of fiction, it's much different for me. You know, I have days where I just don't feel very creative. And other days mm-hmm. I could get up at six o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden it's eight o'clock at night. <laughs> so I'm kind of all okay. over the place with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in awe of people who even begin to write nonfiction. I, I, I actually think I'm scared to even start because I have a feeling that if I got started, it could possibly take over my life. <laughs> do, do you ever find that your characters have taken on a life of their own? Oh, absolutely. But you know, with, with me, this book, I, I pretty much saw it as a movie in my head. I mean, I, okay. I saw it from beginning to end. and But what I have learned is that as I'm writing the characters, they are causing things to happen I wasn't expecting. So, yes, they do have a life of their own. And I love them <laughs> all. So <laughs> I, I must have 18 notepads where I write things down as I'm walking through the house. <laughs> Oh, this sounds, that sounds, now see, you're tempting me to try this. Actually, some people uh, accuse me of making my book, uh, Jackie Ari and Jack the Tragic Love Triangle Nonfiction. And just like you, I did kind of write it in thoughts of making it into a movie, and I actually wrote a screenplay for it. And, and that is so much fun to uh, project what people might have said or what they might have thought, even though you weren't there. Um, so you're three-fourths first, so you're going to have to keep us posted on this. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. You'll now, be the first to know when it's ready. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> now, Feb, let's talk about February and the month of love, okay. the month of chocolate, too. <laughs> mm. As a culture, we concentrate heavily on young love, uh, soulmates, and those big romantic gestures. But as elder care consultant, You've seen that love in all forms transcends age and illness. Talk about love in all forms, please. Well, I believe that as a society, there's a stigma that as we age, we're no longer interested in intimacy, touch, and romance. But but that's Uh not true. There are many ways in which our aging or even ill persons would benefit from love. These include something as simple as physical touch ranging from that hug to Mm full-blown physical intimacy or romantic companionship that might or might not include physicality to a deep just a deep emotional connection with another the bottom line is you know that as we age we don't always lose an interest in romance or love over the past 10 years I've seen couples that barely speak to each other on a daily basis express great deep love for their partner when they become ill. And I've seen Mm -hmm. children who, you know, have busy full lives go above and beyond for a parent who's raised and shaped them when they need them. And I've Mm -hmm. seen complete strangers like social workers and nurses reach Mm -hmm. out to lonely elderly people and show them that they still count and are loved as a human being. So the power of love in all forms can be life-changing to those elderly and their caregivers as well. Sometimes, you know, when we're in the throes of caring for another person, we forget to allow ourselves to be nurtured and loved, or we forget that other people in our lives need just as much as the person we're caring for. You know, one of the things I've noticed as I've grown older that whenever we've been involved with uh, people who uh, have to go into hospice care, the caregivers are there. They give this love uh, and uh, affection to not just the patient but to the families too. Don't you agree? Yes, and and that, and that's that's beautiful that you mentioned that because that's how I approach all of my clients. We are not just providing for this one person. I'm trying mm-hmm. to help the family as a whole. You know, because mm-hmm. everybody everybody is dealing with something in this situation. 
Oh, yeah. And your service is fabulous. We're going to talk about it later in the third segment for people who are looking for a consultant. Uh, you know, there's no need to go out and reinvent the wheel because fortunately for us, Becky has already, has already done that for us. And, uh, the caregivers, they're often, they often crave love and support too, don't they? They kind of sometimes get ignored. Yeah, that's true. You know, we talk so much about the importance of caregivers staying healthy, managing their mm-hmm. stress levels, taking breaks, yet we rarely address mean, helping them maintain their intimate relationships. The roles mm-hmm. often change so much that as a caregiver, it can really be difficult to separate your role as caregiver and that of a romantic partner. I mean, yeah. January, think about it. You know, if you're a caregiver for your spouse and you're having to help them toilet and groom themselves, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to put that aside and, and, you know, turn that off and all of a sudden you see them as an intimate lover. So yeah. when a spouse starts to decline, you know, the caregiver's probably going to begin their grieving process over the loss of that romantic relationship. And Mm -hmm. they probably won't even recognize that this is what's happening and they can feel confused and isolated. Mm -hmm. And then imagine that all your friends that you still maybe do things with are married and have that romance and companionship and you don't. It's very hard. But it's not only the loss of the romantic physical relationship that causes loneliness and yearning for a caregiver. It's also the emotional connection. If your loved one has some form of a dementia or another condition that causes them to detach emotionally, your caregiver is probably going to feel emotionally abandoned. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so, and you see it so often. Um, you know, there's no getting around it. It's mostly a couple's world, when right. especially if you're older and if you have a partner, and it's very difficult to all of a sudden be the fifth wheel or the odd one out. Uh, it's very difficult. Share a little bit with our listeners, Becky, for people who haven't visited with us before uh, about your husband who had Huntington's disease and passed away at a very, very young age of 49. Uh, talk a little bit about his declining health and what effect that had on your relationship. Okay. Well, as you mentioned, Neil had Huntington's disease, which is a degenerative brain disease. For him, it was having the mental decline of a person who has Alzheimer's, the physical symptoms of somebody who has Parkinson's disease, and as I've told you, he also had symptoms, schizophrenic-type symptoms, you know, audio Mm -hmm. and visual hallucinations. But, you know, from, from the moment I met Neil, we had a very intense emotional connection all the way to the end of his life. And surprisingly, we also had a physical intimacy until the weeks before he went into a care home. But I have to really? tell you, for, yes, for me, though, that uh-huh. part, it became more of an expression of love and soothing him than a physical mm-hmm. desire for me. But, you uh-huh. know, being so young mm-hmm. during his illness, you know, we started our journey together in our mid-30s all the way to our late 40s. And, mm-hmm. you know, Neil remained a very healthy, physically healthy man for years. While mm-hmm. he developed more and more physical issues over the years, it was really his mind that was affected. And I would say okay. that for the first six years of our marriage, we probably were very much like any other couple. But during the last two years of his life, he became more apathetic, paranoid, mm-hmm angry over everything, which really affected how I could be emotionally intimate with him. I often, often found myself watching other couples, whether it was in the grocery store or in our yeah. neighborhood, mm-hmm. and just always wondering, sure. why us? You know, God, yeah. why us? So uh-huh. it, it was very difficult, especially the last two years. Oh, yeah. And this is uh, something that uh, Becky has bravely shared in her book. And this is something she also shares with her clients and people that she uh, helps to uh, deal with this caretaking, uh, caregiver uh, role in life. She is a, an amazing woman, and she's also an amazing sponsor. And we're going to hear from other sponsors right now. We'll be right back. I've seen dead people. Author Teresa Sneed says with a grin, they've spoken to me. 
Teresa Sneed writes fantasy, mystery, suspense, and realistic paranormal with a touch of sweet romance. She writes what she knows, full of insight into the spirit world, coupled with a panache for humor. Her No Angel series about angels and demons interacting with the living are simply fascinating. Sneed has three more series as well, from Wizards and Dragons to Witches of Salem. Visit TeresaSneed.com for more information or search for Teresa Sneed Books on Amazon.com. Every decade had its musical phenomenon. The 1960s had Motown, The Supremes, The Temptations, Martha and the Vandellas, The Four Tops. The exciting new book, Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans by Tom Ingrassia, presents 140 never-before-published photographs taken by fans from around the world that tell the story of the people, places, and things that made Motown the music that inspired a generation. Relive the memories of a time when we were all dancing in the streets, and the music of Motown reigns supreme. Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans, is available from Amazon.com. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone, and uh, we're visiting with my co-host today, Becky Fiola, and she is definitely uh, not a whiner. She is a winner, and she's written a brilliant book, Elder Care Consultant. Now, Becky, let's talk about the biggest issues um, for a spouse, trying to maintain that romantic intimate relationship when, as you said earlier, you're basically helping them uh, go to the bathroom and shower and shave, and you're doing all their uh, personal hygiene, aren't you? Right, right. Yeah, it can be, well, anybody's going to look at their loved one a little bit differently when you're doing Mm -hmm. those for them. You know, sadly, caregivers often feel trapped, out of control, and Mm -hmm. helpless. Um, A chronic illness is going to place a tremendous amount of stress on any relationship, even a good one. So Mm -hmm. probably the biggest issue is communication, being able to state what your needs are. On a Mm -hmm. physical level, you know, you don't want to hurt your loved one's feelings, but the truth is you may not be receiving enough attention or you may Uh not have any desire anymore because of the changes in your loved one. On Mm -hmm. an emotional level, we often see the person who needs care or is ill becomes consumed with themselves. I think we've all uh-huh. seen that. They're sure. in pain, depressed, or angry, uh-huh. and it's, yeah. it's really hard for them to consider other people's feelings and needs. More particularly in the case of dementia, they really can't help this. It's part of the damage to the brain, and mm-hmm. at that point, no level of communication is, is really going to be help, be able to help. So I think that's you know, if you don't have good communication, you probably aren't going to have good intimacy. <laughs> so right, that's yeah. probably the number and, one. You know, I, I was thinking about it when we talked about helping them with personal hygiene. You know, when you change a baby's diaper, it can be pretty messy. It can be mm-hmm, unpleasant. Mm-hmm. But once you're done, you have a, a very clean, happy, smiling baby. Now, when you're changing your spouse's diaper and they're depressed and unhappy, mm-hmm. It can be a very negative experience, don't you agree? Well, 
Oh, yes. It's really, it's hard on everybody concerned, but think about how they must feel, especially mm-hmm. if they've still got their mental capacity. Right. There's a lot of shame and embarrassment. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's human nature that when you're in a position like that, you kind of lash out to the person that's there. So that's going to be your yeah. caregiver, and it, it's just mm-hmm. really hard, difficult. I tell, I tell you, this growing old is is quite a difficult thing. The other day, we were yeah. out, and I sneezed so hard that guess what happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to go change my pants, and here I well, am, I, seventy-two. I couldn't believe it happened to me. I was like in yeah. shock. Well, January, I think probably any woman that's had children will tell you that happens to them, too, so don't feel bad. (laughs) Well, I understood it, but and my husband, he was just, he was sweet about it, but I thought, how could this be happening? And it happens happens to all of us. Now, what I really love is your article entitled, The Power of a Hug. We had National Hug Day on January 21st. I didn't know that. So next year, we're going to schedule a show around Hug Day. And as you know, because you receive emails from me all the time, I always sign everything I write with Hugs January because I think hugging is just the best thing in the world. Don't you agree? Oh, I do. And and as you know, I sign my emails Hugs as well. So, um, (laughs) But you know... Where hugs are concerned, mental and physical health benefits are the same to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a child, a senior, they're all the same. There's Mm -hmm. a reverend, Kevin Zaborny, I think I'm saying his name right. He's he's Uh the gentleman that created National Hug Day, and he realized, especially after the holidays when many people you know, they're going to suffer from low spirits, especially the elderly and their caregivers. So that's why he chose January 21st, because it fell between New Year's and then Valentine's Day, which can also be depressing to people who don't have anybody. But really, the beauty of a hug is that you can give a hug to just about anyone, and it doesn't have to be taken as anything like a romantic physical gesture, but more Mm -hmm. just one of warmth and caring. That's all it has to be. That's why I just love that using hugs because it's it's kind of a a very sweet heartfelt generic gesture just as, as mm-hmm. you said because I can hug men I can hug women I can hug mm-hmm. kids I can hug animals I can hug anything that's breathing and and it's it's a, a, a genuine and there are health benefits to hugging share those with us please Becky well. You know, oh my gosh, there are so many health benefits, I can't even list them all. But, you know, studies have shown that human contact helps people build good immune systems. It can, mm-hmm. de- it can decrease the risk of heart disease. It decreases mm. pain. It can mm. enhance your alertness and performance. And it also decreases levels of the stress hormone cortisol in women especially who, you know, are predominantly the caregivers. So sure. let's get rid of, you know, that cortisol can be very harmful. And in mm-hmm. another study I read, it was found that adults who had no human contact had higher mm-hmm. blood pressure and heart rates than those who did have human contact. So okay. Pretty amazing. Pretty powerful medicine. Yeah, and it's uh, what I love is that it's right here. Anyone can access it, uh, and it's something you know. I, I kind of like to say, "Try it; you'll like it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and share with us your thoughts on why it's particularly helpful to couples, because I think it establishes touching and intimacy. Don't you agree? Oh, it does. And, and you know, here, here we go with another. Study that I've read. According to the American Psychosomatic Society, a hug mm-hmm. with a romantic partner can reduce, you know, stress and its harmful side effects. Couples who hug for at least 20 seconds have higher levels of a, a hormone called oxytocin, not oxy, whatever the bad drug is. <laughs> it's oxytocin. Yeah, oxytocin. Yeah, it's yeah. known as the love hormone, which acts as a bonding hormone. 
And, you know, for me, I found that when things were particularly difficult and stressful with Neil, a hug would often diffuse the situation more so than talking. It it seemed that the physical contact would calm him down. And, you know, even today, I still insist on hugging with the man of my life now. Every day, we make a point of at least one long hug when we come together at the end of the workday. And it has a really positive effect of changing our mindset, relaxing us for our time together in the evening. And, you know, sometimes you just don't know what to say during times of anger, sorrow, confusion. Well, a hug says it all. You really don't need words. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's such a such a beautiful, beautiful way. Actually, actually, you know, you know after forty five years marriage, marriage, I I share that with that start starting every day. It's a good, a good, good hug between the two of us. Two of us are growing up joints, and then that night before we leave, we 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 I do. Um, January, i got to tell you, your voice is kind of replaying over each other. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Okay. Well, we take our break. I'll check on the We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Come explore with Clyde McCauley the world of the Little Cuties Let's Pretend books with your little one. Imagine the funny, mixed-up emotions of an onion that cries when it's happy. And delight in the giant ears that make a little elephant special. Meet the engaging characters who will inspire imagination and build curiosity in your little cutie. This is where the love of learning is born. So discover the world of Little Cuties Let's Pretend today. The first two Little Cuties Let's Pretend titles are at Amazon and StoryNightPress.com. January Jones presents Drs. Ed Feierisen and Bob Ruotolo, co-founders of Motive Creations as sponsors. For those seeking more empowerment and control over their happiness and well-being, you have come to the right spot. MC365 provides the necessary tools and techniques to make your life even more spectacular. Today is the perfect day to start your journey to become happier and healthier. Our mission is to help you achieve yours. Seeking to reduce stress? Start now. Want a better relationship? Start now. Increase your self-esteem? Start now. Do you want more passion in life? Start now. Enroll at www.JanuaryJones.com. That's JanuaryJones.com. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have priceless personalities? I've been fortunate to host a talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories, and it's been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. In my new ebook, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, and even polygamy. Then there are my guests dealing with physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects. All of my guests have been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. I look forward to sharing them with you in my new ebook, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones. The introductory offer of $4.99 is now available at Amazon.com. Order it today. Welcome back, and we're visiting with a wonderful priceless personality, uh, one of my regular co-hosts, Becky Fiola. She is the author of The Elder Care Consultant, and we're talking about February, the month of love, love and aging. Becky, before we go on, please share your website information, also how people can get your book and how they can contact you. And then let's talk about what kind of services you can provide. Great. Um, My website is www.assistedlivingadvantage.com. The book, The Elder Care Consultant, is available on Amazon.com. It's at Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, um, probably many of your local bookstores. 
Um, my business phone number is 480-216-1607. Okay. Now, let's uh, describe a little bit what services the elder consultant uh, care, what kind of services you can help people with when they're in a situation where, you know, they desperately need help. Right. I am usually hired by the the children of aging parents. That's predominantly uh-huh. my client. And what I do is I go in uh, and help them assess the situation, determine what the care needs are and what resources or changes need to happen to take care of these people. So sometimes that might involve me helping them set up in-home caregivers coming to the house or resources mm-hmm. like Meals on Wheels. Sometimes it involves having to move them from their home into an assisted living community. And that means I do all the legwork. I find the communities that are match budget-wise, care uh-huh. needs, location. Okay. Um, I also provide services such as the Peace of Mind program. If, if we have an elderly person here who has nobody locally, mm-hmm. I'll go check in on them on a scheduled basis. Oh, really? Write a report. Yeah, I'll write a report for the family. I have one couple. I just saw them this morning. Their only living relative is, is on the East Coast, 80 years old, oh, only living relative. Uh-huh. And they've, they're all by themselves. I go twice a month. I celebrate uh-huh. the holidays, their birthdays, uh-huh. every occasion with them so that they have somebody, you know, that they know. Yeah, are they in are, are they in a convalescent home or are they living they, independently? No, they they actually have pretty severe lifelong issues and mm-hmm. they live in a skilled nursing center. Uh-huh. So it's okay. a, it's a rather depressing setting. Sure. And um I got to tell you January though there's nothing better when I walk through that door <laughs> yeah. the way their faces light up. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, it's 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 you know it's probably the same feeling when you walk through the door and your puppy is waiting for you. Exactly. <laughs> they've got they're so so happy to see you and there's just unconditional love. Uh what a um Wonderful feeling for you as far as uh, providing this service to be able mm-hmm. to help people in such a, a intimate way. Uh, how do you make arrangements if they need? Uh, who, I mean, do they have their? Does this other person take care of their financials, or how, how do they handle yeah. life? Well, um, this person that lives on the East Coast is their power of attorney. Oh, okay. So they have Uh a trust set up, actually, a very good Mm -hmm. trust. Uh So I submit invoices to her. Um, She does send money to the community so that they have a small, you know, little bit of money that they can spend on incidentals like haircuts and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. type of thing. But most things go through me. I set the services in place that need to happen. Um, I either get the money from her to pay or sometimes I go ahead and and handle it. I I buy bras about every third week for this little lady because, you know, (laughs) in the community they disappear. I just do that and then I get reimbursed for it. Well, that's an interesting... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to do it, right? (laughs) Yeah, and and it's so important to have all your P's and Q's and everything dotted and done professionally so that there's no misunderstandings. Now, let's talk a little bit when... Um, sadly, and this is part of the way it goes, one of the couple will pass away before the other. Um, Let's talk about, do you see new love and romance uh, for the seniors that are left behind? Because so many times I talk to uh, women and they say, well, I would never, you know, consider getting married again. And then on the other hand, so many men uh, seem to be lonesome and need companionship. Do you find that true? Well, yes. You know, um, especially our parents' generation right now, because yeah. the woman typically did everything for the sure. man. <laughs> you know, but but I do. You know, but love and romance is probably going to look a little different depending on their age and their condition. Um, what I see is, uh, you know. For the most part, many simply want that companionship that they mm-hmm. shared with their spouse. For mm-hmm. women, I often see them striking up very close, intimate 
best friend type relationships with yeah. another woman, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a resident in a community, a caregiver coming to the home or a neighbor, they just want to know that somebody is there thinking of them and cares, you know, just somebody they can count on to be there. Um, but I also see men and women connecting on that emotional level, and there's never any type of physical relationship, but it's it's very cute because they'll consider themselves boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> However, you know, but I do see those physical relationships pop up. Um, I recently read an article which kind of surprised me, but it, it stated that those over the age of 80, 29% of men and 25% of women still engage in sexual activity. And I thought that was a rather large amount. But, you know, in some of these larger senior communities, you might you might find that it might seem more like a college dorm than an assisted living facility. But think about it. You know, they've got private apartments. They have mm-hmm. happy hours. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only it's, it's really only natural January that if they're looking for love or, you know, a little boom chicka bow wow, they're going to yeah. find it. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, let's face it. You can't play bingo all day long. You've got... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you've got you got to find something else to do, yeah. and I I think it's so sweet when you see pictures or when I'm out about town and and seeing older couples holding hands. It's mm-hmm. just a sweet thing that I know we do that a lot, and it's just a a sweet thing for people to do. And you know, older couples that as you said, they they want to have a social life too. They don't just want right. to sit. Around and watch CNN or Fox News, you've got to get out and do things. And that's what's really nice about some of the elderly facilities. They do have a social life plan for them, don't they? Oh, they do. You know, um, in your large communities, they really consider, you know, they try to make it an atmosphere, no matter mm-hmm. what your care needs are, that you're still an independent person mm-hmm. who has these social needs and um you know, if you're capable physically to be able to, to do things and interact with people and have fun. They mm-hmm. want people to have fun. Yeah. 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 Well, we have several facilities here in our town, and they actually schedule at the facilities concerts that are open mm-hmm. to the public, uh, events, uh, dances, uh, big bands, and just all kinds of social things. Mm-hmm that, uh, you know, everyone enjoys doing. And and it's so uh, important to interact with other people as much as you can. Don't you agree? Well, it is. You know, um, if, if people aren't interacting, if they're not getting that social stimulation and they're feeling isolated, they're going to decline faster mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and it, it's really amazing what you know, keeping that brain engaged, how it affects you physically. Oh, so wow. it's very important. That's why, well, you know, sometimes January, I'm actually going to talk about communities in March, but okay. sometimes, you know, when people are so determined they're going to keep mom at home, they uh-huh. don't realize that sometimes they might be hurting them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. the best thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so many times it's important to have, to interact and to and to also kind of feel a little independent you don't want to get, you know that's one of the worst things is when your children start telling you what to do right 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 well you're losing control they feel yeah. like they're losing control and that's yeah. not fun no, no not at all speaking of fun we're going to hear from some sponsors and we'll be right back with becky fiola from cowgirl to caregiver to consultant meet becky fiola author of The Elder Care Consultant, your guide to making the best choices possible. Growing up on remote ranches across the western states, she tended to orphan creatures large and small. Later on, that nurturing instinct served her well as the primary caregiver for her late husband. And now, she offers hope and guidance as a consultant to the elderly and their families. When you need advice on caring for an aging loved one, you can find those answers and her book at Amazon.com and her website, www.assistedlivingadvantage.com. Executives, managers, entrepreneurs, and professionals. A people strategy and change consultant, award-winning author, emotional intelligence practitioner, and trainer, Yvette Bethel, can provide you with strategies you can use to empower yourself, grow your people, 
build your culture, and transform your results. For insights and strategies you can use to develop yourself to build a high-performing team, you can subscribe to Yvette Bethel's weekly podcast, Evolve, Mastery for Leaders of the New World. And sign up for her newsletter at YvetteBethel.com. That's Y-B-E-T-T-E-B-E-T-H-E-L.com. YvetteBethel.com. January Jones wants you to grow your business fast, getting free PR, doing interviews with podcasters and internet radio shows. Grab your free copy of our audio how-to course called How to Build Your Business, Get More Email Subscribers, and Make More Money Free doing podcast and internet talk radio interviews. Grab your copy right now at realfasttalkradio.com. Again, that website is realfast talkradio.com. Welcome back with my guest, Becky Fiola. We're visiting with the author of The Elder Care Consultant. Becky, let's talk a little bit about why so many people are uncomfortable with the thought of their aged parents engaging in a romantic relationship or even worse, maybe sex. How does that work? Well, for children or grandchildren, I mean, it just goes back to that notion that we don't want to think of them in that way. <laughs> you know, they're not supposed to be sexual beings. And, and honestly, January, developmentally, this is very normal. It's not a bad thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that it might also have a, a generational reason um, in that, you know, prior to the 60s and 70s, you know, when free love became more popular, women especially were not supposed to act on their desires or needs. And Mm -hmm. if they did, they were considered promiscuous. So I think it's hard, you know, when we see our parents that we've known growing up as being reserved and inhibited, all of a sudden they're acting differently. It's unsettling to us. But Mm -hmm. also in our youth-oriented society, you know, the thought of elderly having sex just isn't something men you want to think about, much less acknowledge. So <laughs> yeah, some ta- taboo issues there. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the part where my kids say too much information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sometimes there's no need to go there. But it's interesting that... Um, Families should be concerned sometimes when someone is showing interest or getting close to a loved one. There's a lot of uh, interplay that goes on in relationships. I know when our parents were in a community convalescent home, uh, our dad was into dementia, and he didn't pretty much have any idea what was going on. However, uh, mother, she was very aware, and anytime any lady there would pay attention to dad, or, you know, just try to make contact. She was very upset about that. There's a lot of emotions running loose in a convalescent home, aren't there? Well, there are, but, you know, it's really interesting because I I wanted to touch on what you just said. Um, You know, when you're you're looking at a community where people might be in differing stages of dementia, Mm -hmm. I've seen situations where a man with dementia confuses any woman yeah. in the community with this late life and they try sure. to be physical, you know, from kissing uh-huh. to other things and uh-huh. it's not appropriate. And, um, but you know, families really want to make sure if they realize their loved one is expressing, you know, these types of behaviors or interests, mm-hmm. that they're of sound mind and capable of deciding if this is truly what they want. Mm-hmm. But if that person is vulnerable to manipulation or right. being taken advantage of against their will or understanding, it, it, it just can't be allowed. But yeah. you also have to be aware, you know, there's situations where one party might be getting close to another for financial benefits. I've oh. seen... Yeah, you know, wow. where the new boyfriend or girlfriend's trying to move into the home, they're starting mm-hmm. to manage the other person's money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I as a child would be on high alert and, you know, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on that relationship. Um, probably, yeah. you know, I probably wouldn't be very uh, well-liked, but, you know, you have to protect <laughs> yeah. them to some degree. But there's not a lot you can do, though, if they're of sound mind and they're making their own decisions. There's not a lot you can do. Just really watch out and make sure if they're vulnerable, yeah. you know, you're protecting and now, them. And these assisted living communities, they, you know, they've been there, done that. They, they know how to handle and monitor these blooming relationships in general, don't they? 
But it really depends on the type of community. Um, you know, in a smaller group home where there are 10 or fewer residents, uh-huh. you're, probably, you're probably not going to see romance happening like it might in a larger community. But, uh-huh. you know, really these are residents who are, are probably in more advanced stages and needing a great deal of care. So there's caregivers around and aware of what's going on 24-7. So there's not a level yeah. of privacy that's conducive to an intimate relationship. But in the larger communities, that's quite different. You know, when a person's living in their own apartment, there is that level of privacy that makes Uh it possible. However, you know, it's been my experience, and I would hope that if a community noticed anything unusual or strange, they would speak up and notify the family so they Mm -hmm. can decide together, the family and the community, what needs to be done. And, And I have seen that situation where, too, people living in a community, both of them had dementia, and um, the the community alerted the family and said, you know, we don't think this is in the best interest of your mom, and let's talk yeah. about how how to, you know, alter this. So sure. they, they were very responsible in protecting that woman. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, you work out of the Phoenix area, and I know you place people and help their families place them in small places, large places. How many, approximately, how many facilities do you have access to in the Phoenix area? Well, there's there's about 2,000 communities in the state of Arizona. And since mm-hmm. Phoenix is our largest metropolitan area, most of them are here. So I would say we probably have close to 1,500 communities here. So as you can see, if you're trying to find a place for your loved one, yeah. <laughs> that luck. can be overwhelming trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out which one's the right one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. That, that's, why, that's why your service is so timely and such an appropriate. And it's, she's such a good resource to just contact if you have questions or uh, issues or concerns. Uh, this is uh, our go-to gal. Now, Becky, let's uh, share with everyone you'll be back in uh, March, and we're going to talk about communities, some of these 1,500 communities, the options and different things that you can do. Let's just close out with, uh, if you can say, what is one of the ways we can show our loved ones that they are loved? Well, I've I've got several suggestions, um, four of them actually, but the first one, Obviously, tell them you love them. No matter how much we do for them on any given day, it's important to say those words to them. Um, And as we talked about, hug them, hold their hand, put your arm around them. That human contact is is necessary. I've had elderly people break into tears when I've taken their hand and held it because Mm -hmm. they haven't had any physical contact in a long time. So Mm -hmm. I really like this one. Acknowledge them and tell them exactly why you're grateful for them. Sometimes, you know, I love you is enough. But when Mm -hmm. you can tell a person specifically why, it really drives it home. For instance, you know, honey, you work so hard. You've sacrificed so much to allow me to be a stay-at-home mom. And when I see our great grown children, I owe it all to you. You know, specific things like that is going to uh-huh. just make their hearts swell because it sure. says you really know them, you really get them. Um, um, but, you know, show an interest in them as people, not as your person. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they are separate beings, not just your mom and dad, not just your husband or wife, but they are people with feelings, memories. And, you know, asking them, ask them about their life as a child and how they felt growing oh, up. Yeah. Ask them what their dreams in their life were and did they come true. Take them out of their moment right now that might mm-hmm. be very difficult and ask them to talk about other things and really get to know them, investing that type of time with them creates a deep, intimate bond. So, Also, you know, another thing that is I've seen work wonders with people's morale and spirits, uh, expose them to uh, small children, uh, mm-hmm. Expose, mm-hmm. expose them to pets. Those are the yep. things that, that will bring smiles to their faces and it will probably bring back many, many wonderful warm memories for them. Yeah. Uh, really, do you have a minute? Can I share a story regarding that? 
Just quick minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had a lady that moved to community and is being just horrible to everybody, but they started bringing the caregiver's daughter in, and guess mm-hmm. what? It yeah. broke that. Yeah, oh, she's perfect. in love. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I love hearing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Becky, and we'll have Thank you back you. as our co-host next month to our wonderful listeners. We hope you've enjoyed our show with Becky today as much as I always enjoy having her here with me as my co-host. My upcoming guests will all amaze, amuse, and astonish you. This is a show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to be accessible to and will help you deal with your elderly parents. I would love to welcome you to our No Whining World. Sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. We love sharing stories, struggles, and especially our secrets for success. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, you need to stop whining, start smiling, and then share our show with everyone you know. If that doesn't work, you can start eating up all that Valentine's chocolate that you have left over. Now, thank you to my co-host today, Becky Fiola. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe as we close with music by Sorrentos. This is Sorrentos, and you're listening to January Jones. I hope you enjoyed January Jones' latest episode. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.